Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. The topic today, as it has been for so long, is banking confidence. And we're talking with Dennis Ankner, CEO of Isabella Bank Corp. Dennis, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate the uh, opportunity. Now, first of all, I understand that your company has really undergone a, a name change. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the company and, and your holdings? Yes. Um, the Isabella Bank it was started out as the Isabella County State Bank in 1903 um, and had operated under that name until 72 when it was changed to Isabella Bank and Trust, which recently, um, just as a, as a part of uh, in the past four months, um, of freshening the logo and, and freshening the name, we we just dropped the antrust, and uh, so we just think it, it's just easier to market people without having such a long name. Sure. And we went through rebranding of the entire brand this year. It's been an interesting uh, exercise. Now, give us a sense of the the sort of the size and the scope of Isabella Bank. Yeah, we're uh, about one point one billion dollars. Um, we we operate in the Mid Michigan area, uh, covering basically five uh, uh, five counties uh, with a population in the neighborhood of about two hundred thousand. Um, in those counties, we are by far the largest uh, institution operating those counties. We have about thirty percent of market share. Um, so we are truly a, a community bank. We you know, for, for birth, uh, from our main office, we have no offices further than 45 miles Great. from from our downtown here. So, Dennis, give us a sense of how your institution has been impacted by the recent global economic issues that we're all hearing about every day. Yeah, you know, certainly it falls in a, in a couple areas. Um, while we, like most community banks, did not participate in all the craziness that was going on in the mortgage markets, uh, the the drop in real estate values as a result of a meltdown has certainly had an impact on on, on our markets. Um, with the additional caveat that you know we're in Michigan, and and Michigan has been in a recession for six years, so when you add the decrease in market value with uh, you know national or, or unemployment. Well above uh, national averages, made for an interesting operating environment for many Michigan banks. We've been fairly fortunate in that while we sustain losses not nearly as heavy as as many of the banks in the state. Um, this year, I think probably all total out of about six thousand mortgages, I think we have initiated uh, about fifty foreclosures. Uh, but what we do see is the losses that we sustain on those have increased dramatically, uh, probably on average about 30% of the outstanding loan balance. Um, and we were a typical underwriter in that, we, you know, you had to have 20% down. Uh, so in some cases that would indicate anywhere, you know, up to a 50% decline in, in real estate values. But that's made us all somewhat nervous. So, I mean, that that's the first piece is that you, we certainly see the strain in our local Economy. We have unemployment in this market a little over 10% right now uh, in the entire region. Um, so we, we see that we see the strain there. We've been working with a lot of customers um, to keep them in their homes. Um, we don't need government's encouragement to do the right thing there. Um, if you want to work with us, we'll work with you, and that's pretty much our golden rule, and always has been. 
the uh, the other part is what's been going on industry wide, and uh, you know, like many banks, you know, we were really concerned back, really started back in early September. Um, we cut back our exposure to uh, our correspondent banks. Um, we we're maybe part of the problem that uh, that the Federal Reserve was talking about about banks not being willing to lend to other banks because we were unwilling to lend to other banks unsecured. Also, um, it just didn't seem like a very wise uh, thing to do at the time. Um, we're still taking a cautious approach there, but we are we are doing a little bit now. Uh, mostly with our main correspondent for cash letter clearings. So, Dennis, how do you gauge the level of customer confidence in your institution, and how have you seen that change in the past year, if at all? Um, oh, yeah, certainly we, we have uh, seen a change. For, for one thing, you know, you, you look back and you never talked about the safety of the institution. Everybody just knew it was safe. Never had a question. Um, we are now marketing to to those people. Um, first, with our staff, we had a huge outreach um, starting really probably back in July to our staff to explain to our staff that we are we are safe, we are sound. We you know while we have difficulties, we've always had difficulties. They're not really that much different than what we've always faced. Um, so we, first, we had to make sure that everyone from the tellers right on on understood where we're at. And, and that we were very comfortable um, with that. And uh, because most most customers, their primary point of contact in the bank is, is a teller. Um, probably, the, you know, by far the vast majority. So we had to make sure we get to those. And then additionally, um, you know, we went to some independent rating services and, and we, we published uh, independent rating that, that we were able to obtain uh, just to reassure the public. And then Certainly, um, all of us have field questions from time to time. Um, some of our very large corporate customers have required additional hand-holding. Holding. Um, and certainly, some of them have uh, taken the uh, tack that uh, we've securitized their, their excess deposits um, through, through repos um, just because they were scared, um, and understandably so. But on the other hand, we've also benefited from customers' moving accounts here because, we, you know, we are in a, in a good position relative to a lot of the other financial institutions in the country. So what are the questions that you're getting from customers now, and what specifically are you saying to them when they ask us? Uh, well, you know, the, the, the most one, are, am I going to lose my money? And, and it's really remarkable how little people really understand FDIC insurance. Uh, that, that's, that's the basic question, is my money safe? And, you know, the easiest way is, well, if you don't have more than, well, now it's 250000 in the bank, you're safe. And there are lots of ways you can insure more than 250000 And so we refer a lot of customers to the FDIC website. Um, we put on a financial form that was really well attended in the beginning of October. Um, that uh, we had about 200-plus people that, that attended that forum, and we covered FDIC insurance with, with the public. Um, we had, you know, different sessions, investing, FDIC, those types of things. And, uh, you know, that was a real success. And we had, we had non-customers actually attend that. Uh, you know, it's just it's about having a consistent message. 
and you know, don't don't run and hide from it. Just have a consistent message. We're safe. We're sound. Your money is safe and sound with this institution. And if you if you have more concerns or you need you know more information, then we have a lot of people that would be willing to sit down and and look at your particular situation and provide you unbiased advice. So, but that's well said. Now, given the economic conditions, and specifically in Michigan, where you've been in a recession, you've got such unemployment. Do you find that your institution and customers are at any greater risk of phishing and social engineering and some of those opportunistic crimes? We're pretty fortunate in that we you know we're mainly a farm, basically farm communities. Um, we have some real about half of our market's really fertile ground, and the other half is great for uh, growing potatoes. Um, so you know we don't have the regional. Um, centers, but we, we do have a large university here in Mount Pleasant where we're located, Central Michigan University. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is always concerns. We are fairly high-tech. Um, we constantly uh, remind our customers don't provide information. We, we did have an incident two, two, two and a half months ago um, that actually made the news here locally um, that, that somebody had fish and had successfully got a customer's information. But, you know, that's another area you just got to constantly remind people, we have your information. We don't, you don't ever need to provide it. So we communicate that as often as possible. But, you know, people, elderly, I'm sorry, old people, elderly, tend to be particularly vulnerable to that for, for whatever reason. I, I think they're just more trusting by nature. And uh, so it's important that, that we continually reach out and, and you educate your tellers because often these scams require um, somebody on the inside to make a mistake. And so it's also about training your people to recognize when, when somebody might be being fished. Now, again, given the economic conditions and what you've been through, what would you say are your top two or three business objectives as you head into 2009? Um, uh, by far, controlling our low losses is, is the number one. Uh, being realistic, recognizing problem loans up front, and realistically valuing them. Uh, don't try to sweep anything underneath the rug. Um, two, we, we think it's a time to uh, gain market share. And uh, three, we think education is now probably more important than ever. Those are kind of our internal priorities. Uh, you know, concentrating on loan quality. Um, and making sure uh, that uh, we educate our, our people. Um, there's no better time than right now to, to do that and then, of course, to continue to market our strengths to gain market share. Where do you see your opportunities to, to gain market share? In new services or in, in picking up new deposits? Um, yeah, we, we're rolling out some new, new uh, technical products, um, remote capture, uh, merchant capture, um, additionally, we've uh, come up with a really good cash management program uh, that we think is very, very attractive for a lot of businesses, and it's, it's priced uh, very right. And we think that people will be more receptive now um, to listening to uh, to ideas from other institutions than maybe they would have been in the past. So we're certainly more aware of the importance of, of having a good bank. So I think. I think that those are the kind of things we're going to we're going to concentrate on. Also, to be really quite frank, and I don't want to, but the the credit crisis is real. Um, 
we seen it. We started seeing it up here in July. Um, we know some of our competitors have certainly have, have basically taken real hard lines with a lot of their customers. Um, one bank is pretty much renewing all commercial credits at eight and a half percent. That's it. That's that's her standard rate. Um, and you know, so so we're 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 getting they're driving customers from the organization. Frankly, they are trying to reduce the size of the organization. We we see that with with several of the institutions. So it's also given us a good opportunity to talk with these people, um, to take a look at their business, and, and quite frankly, to, to make the decision not from a rate perspective, but from a, a underwriting standard. Yeah, this is someone we would like to do have a long-term relationship with, because uh, it's not all about rate all the time. So you talked earlier about staying on message. In, in terms mm-hmm. of responding to customers, what do you find going forward are going to be some of your best ways to enhance and maintain this customer confidence that we spoke about? You know, for us, that, that job has been fairly easy because we haven't sustained the losses, so we have a good story to tell. Um, I, I don't know if you're if you're having difficulties. I, I think the message is a little different. Um, ours is just you know our, our earnings are up, uh, earnings per share are up this year. Um, net income's up. We're, we're growing. Um, we're well capitalized. You know, so th- those are the messages that we deliver, and it's, it's an easy message because it can all be verified, and and so, and it's just it's a message of strength to customers. Um, I think it's a little more difficult um, for for some of the institutions to be able to do that. I think you have to take a little different tack. But for us, it's been fairly easy. That's good. Now, we saw a bunch of major banks and, and some smaller ones even receive billions from the government over the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. What do institutions like yours need, if anything, to improve your liquidity? Uh, for one thing, we're very liquid. We have uh, about, out of our $1.1 billion in assets, about $300 million in investment securities. We are extremely liquid, which is a nice place to be. We're well capitalized. So, you know, we, one of the things we did is we, we have $100 million we can lend out tomorrow. You know, so that's, that's something we we put in the paper. We talk about, um, you know, the the capital purchase program um, is an interesting concept. I think everybody's focus is right now from from the banking community. Um, I don't know if you knew I was past chair of the Michigan Bankers Association. I am past chair of the Michigan Bankers Association. So I visited the whole state last year, and you could already see the strain with a lot of the bankers coming with capital. That's going to be a real valuable tool for for a lot of the banks to be able to raise capital because you simply cannot do it from private sources right now. The private sources are all gone for raising capital. Um, For an institution like ours, I look at it and I just, it's like, you know, if we have an acquisition potential, it might be nice to have that in our back pocket. But on the other hand, I'm worried about allowing the government to stick as uh, Campbell sticking the proverbial nose into our tent because you don't know where it's going to end. You know, the, these are what they're saying. These are the rules right now. But if they made the rules, they can change the rule. What's the next president? What their approach is going to be? What's the next Congress approach is going to be? So I'm very leery. But if it's a matter of survival, then you do it, and you just worry about the consequences later. Um, for us, it's a question of whether we need it to take advantage of opportunity. That's well said. Dennis, I appreciate your time and your insight today. Hey, no problem, Tom. It was my, my pleasure. We've been talking with Dennis Agner, CEO of Isabella Bancorp. For Information Security Media Group, 
I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.